Hey there, Lisa Schwartz here. Welcome to my podcast, Teach and Talk with Lisa, where we are unpacking biblical principles with everyday words and applying them to our everyday lives. Now we are starting a new series. Uh, For those of you who follow me, you know I've done a series in the past called The Glory Versus The Anointing. I would highly recommend that you go to that playlist, that you check out those episodes. But I want to add on to that and talk very specifically about the glory, more specifically, what the glory of the Lord can do for you. So what does the glory do? That is kind of the theme that we're going to be following over the next couple of episodes and talking about some of the different things um, that the glory of the Lord does for each of us. In this episode, we're going to be talking specifically about how the glory of the Lord cancels the presence of self. So I'm going to say that again. The glory of the Lord cancels the presence of self. Now, to just kind of tap a little bit on to the teaching about the glory, again, go back, watch that uh, video, listen to that audio if you're listening by podcast. But I really want you to remember that the glory of God, in essence, is the character and the nature of God. In some regard, the glory is his heart, whereas the anointing is his hand. We know the glory, but we feel the anointing. And so when we're looking at sitting in, getting to know, being saturated by not necessarily the waves or the moves or the hand of God, but rather just the person of God. These are those moments that you're sitting in your quiet time, you're in your closet, and you enter into the throne room just by the knowledge of God's person, his character. Again, go back and watch that. I don't want to make this all about that teaching. But in short, I want you to recognize that there is a difference between the glory of the Lord and the anointing of God. And typically what we're feeling, um, what we're experiencing in corporate or even on your own, a lot of times is actually the anointing that flows from the person of God. But the glory should be the parent of the anointing and should be where it all starts. So, So I want us to really recognize the importance of pursuing and cultivating a relationship Um, with the person of God, getting to know the glory of the Lord. So what does the glory do for you and I? It cancels the presence of self. So I want you to think about your flesh and the flesh and how the person or the presence of the person of God trumps the flesh. Think with me back about in Genesis when Adam and Eve, it says that they walked in the cool of the garden with God. They were in the midst of him as a person. They knew his character. They knew his nature. They were with his person. Literally, they were with his person. But the Bible says that when they sinned and they got separated from the person of God, one of the first things they became aware of is that they were naked. And so we learn from this that there's a cancellation of the the nature of our flesh, of what's happening in our flesh when we enter into or when we are in the presence of God, things that are happening in our physical being become less important. They become, they, in some regard, they just dissipate in the presence of his glory. Um, and so his present, presence utterly shatters your awareness of your flesh. It's the dissolution of self. Um, And we've seen this in a lot of ways where somebody gets under the unction or under the glory um, in the presence of God and what they couldn't do in the physical, all of a sudden they could do. We see this all throughout scripture where Jesus, the person of God, 
gets into the into a presence and all of a sudden the infirmities of the flesh begin to dissipate in the presence of the glory so his glory trumps what is happening with your flesh another example is moses the bible says that he went up onto mount sinai and he was in the presence of god and the bible says when he came back down that the glory the person the presence of the lord shone on his face yet he was not aware of it again they there was an unawareness of what was happening in his flesh because of the presence of the lord upon him so it's empowering for us to know that the glory of the lord can trump whatever is happening in our physical being so let's connect this also to our soul um, so for those of you who do not realize, we are a body, soul, and spirit. We are a three-part being. Your body, meaning your flesh, it is the capsule in which your person is housed, in which the spirit of the Lord is housed within you. Um, I like to say you are a spirit being who has a soul that is housed in a flesh. So we're talking now about the soul. And this is the one I really want us to press into a little bit more because most of our challenges and really most of our physical afflictions stem from challenges that we have in our heart and in our mind, in our soul realm. Now, when I refer to your soul, I'm speaking to your mind, your will, and your emotion. So your mind is the things that you think, the thoughts that you have. Um, your will are the things that you choose. It's the direction that you uh, choose to take in a moment. And of course, your emotion is how you're feeling. I like to call them your thinker, your feeler, and your picker. It's the things I think, the things I feel, and the things that I choose. Now, we know that when we enter into the presence of God, um, many of us have experienced when we're praying about something, um, that the way we feel about the thing we are praying about begins to shift. And the idea in prayer is that we begin to take on the nature, we begin to take on the thoughts, we begin to take on the emotions, and certainly the will of God for our own life. That's why prayer and worship and entering into his throne room is so important because there's a sanctification of the soul that takes place when you're in the presence of God. I want you to think about Mark chapter 5 with the man with the legion of demons. And uh, the Bible says always night and day he was in the mountains and in the tombs crying out and cutting himself with stones. So this man was being tormented by demons. And no matter how much they tried, no matter how much they had done, no matter how much they tried to manage these demons, if you remember in the story, it says that they put chains on him, but no chain could hold these demons down. He would just break free from these chains. But there was one person that was able to set him free, that was able to overcome the, 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 the demonic stronghold that he had in his, not just in his physical flesh, but also in his heart and in his mind. And he was able to be set free by the presence, the very person of God in the form of Jesus Christ. And so we learn here that when we enter into, or when we invite Jesus, when we invite God into, either we're entering into his throne room or we're allowing him to come into us. And because we, again, we've learned that the glory of the Lord is within us. It's the character and the nature of God that was deposited in our hearts through the Holy Spirit upon salvation. We have the person and the nature of God living within us. So the glory of the Lord is actually within us. 
And so when we really step into that space, when we quiet our minds, when we go into that space and we spend time in the presence of the glory of God, it completely dissipates uh, any emotion that is against us, any thought that is against us, any affliction that is against us, mental, emotional, and physical. So the presence of God is what yanks our soul into an alignment with the spirit. So if this is my soul and my soul's way over here, when I enter into the presence of the Lord, there's a fixing going on there and that God is going to begin to shift especially if I'm surrendered. And in order to enter into the presence of the Lord, you have to surrender your full being. God, have your way with me. I am crucified with Christ. I no longer live, but Christ lives in me. There's a, there's a surrendering there. And when we begin to allow God to have his way with our mind, have his way with our hearts, have his way in the choices that we're making, God will begin to shift those things and he will begin to align our soul with his spirit and with his person, his character. We will become aligned with him. If I'm having a hard time extending forgiveness to somebody, I'm not aligned with the grace of God. If I'm having a hard time loving somebody, I'm not aligned with the love of God. Because the Bible says, freely as I have received, freely I should give. And so when I'm having a challenge in my soul, lining up, with the character of God, I need to get in the presence of God. I need to be reminded of the person of God and I need to allow his character, his nature, moreover, his love to supersede, to trump my own soul in those moments. Remember it says in Galatians that your spirit and your soul will constantly battle within you. This is what we're talking about, that tension that we feel of, of knowing that God says he finds me lovely, he finds me perfect, he finds me whole. But yet in my own heart and in my own mind, when I look at myself in the mirror, I I'm challenged with the thoughts that I have in my own heart and in my own mind. I'm challenged with the way I view myself, that I don't see myself beautiful, I don't see myself lovely, I don't see myself whole, perfected in Christ as a creation of the God of all gods. That's a conflict in my soul. And the glory of God will trump that. I cannot come, listen, the more I sit in the presence of God and just let him have his way with me, this means I have to be willing to be wrong. I have to be willing to say, look, my thought process is wrong here. I have to be willing to surrender what I think is right to the will of God and say, God, I need you to shift my heart, my mind, my choices in this area. I need you to shift me into your message of the moment. That's part of what we do in inner healing. So it's important that you have an understanding that your spirit is already aligned with his spirit. It's your soul that lags behind. Um, I love the psalmist when he says, what's up with you all my soul? Don't you rec recall the goodness of God? Don't you recall that God is good? Uh, put your hope therefore in God. Um, and so he's telling his soul, he's reminding his soul of the character and the nature of God. And he's in, in a sense grabbing a hold of his soul and saying, get in alignment with the nature of God. Remember the goodness of God. Why are you so downcast? Why are you so depressed? Why are you so hopeless? Get in alignment. The glory of God, the character, the nature of God will overtake 
any emotion you are having in a fantastic way and will shift you into what is truth. A lot of times when I'm praying over people and God reveals to me, or maybe they 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 speak out, like I'm challenged by this, I'm challenged by fear. Let's just use that as an example. Well, we know that the Bible says that his perfect love casts out all fear. If I'm experiencing fear, then I'm falling short of the glory of God and that I am not in alignment with his love. His nature is love. His glory is his nature. So I'm falling short in that I'm not aligned with his love. So if I'm ministering over somebody and I say, I just want you to think about and allow the Holy Spirit to begin to saturate you with the person of God. And I want you to come into an alignment with his love. And a lot of times what will happen is in that moment when that person's soul comes into an alignment immediately just boom oh my gosh i get it i see myself the way god sees me i see the love he has for me so many things will happen in that moment first of all the spirit of fear will come out of them because love and fear cannot reside in the same place and second of all a lot of times their physical body will get overwhelmed by the alignment that is happening in that moment and the fullness of the truth of his glory his shekinah glory that's the weightiness of god comes upon them and a lot of times that's when we see people fall out come under the power fall out slain whatever you call it i say they're they're coming into an alignment that there's an alignment going on here because the glory of the lord has come upon them has canceled the flesh and is canceling the mind is canceling the heart and the glory of the lord is literally laying wrapping himself coming upon and impressing his character into your character come on it's impress he's impressing his truth into you in that moment that's the weightiness of the lord listen the entire premise of inner healing is us looking to the heart of god to shift what we have experienced in a moment, what we have felt in a moment, a message we have agreed with in a moment. And so what we're doing when we do inner healing with clients is we're taking them back into a space or we're taking them into a future space. Maybe it hasn't even happened yet, but it's something that's happening tomorrow. Maybe it's an interview, maybe they're going to court, whatever it is. We're taking them into that space and then in their mind's eye, we're allowing the Holy Spirit to invite the person of God into that space. We then have that person shift from what they were experiencing, more importantly, the message of what they were experiencing. Come on, because every experience speaks a message. Every emotion speaks a message. So we had them identify what emotion they were having in the experience, what was the message of that experience, and then we invite the presence of the Lord in there to begin to speak a new message and begin to shift our heart and our mind in that moment. So maybe you had an experience that left you angry and bitter at a particular person and you go back into that space and you invite God into that space and you begin to feel and sense the grief that God has for that person, the compassion that God has for that person, the love that God has for that per person and the love that God has for you. And, and you begin to realize that the message that person spoke over to you, that you're not good enough, you're not worthy, you're dirty, whatever it is, and you begin to hear God say, no, 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 my message trumps. It cancels that message. My message says you are worthy, that I find you acceptable, that I love you, that you are good enough. And in that moment, you have to make a choice. You have to decide, will I come into an alignment and will I allow the glory of the Lord 
to trump the presence, the, 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 the experience that I was having in that moment. And that is how we begin to do, that's how we do inner healing and how we begin to heal from a particular space is that we allow the glory of the Lord, the presence of God, the character of God, the nature of God in that very moment to trump everything else that was speaking a message to you and begins to reframe that moment and re-identify who you became from that moment. This is the power of the glory of God is that it cancels the presence of your own flesh, of your own soul, and it cancels even the, the even experiences that we've had that caused a, an affliction in our soul, caused an affliction in our heart, caused a wound. The glory of the Lord cancels all of that. So this is why it's so important that we're sitting, cultivating the character and the nature of God in us on a regular basis and we do that by sitting in his nature in his character by having a remembrance of who god is the words that he speaks to us this is why it's so important that we understand what the word says and that we understand the rights that we have to enforce god's nature his character toward us but also out of us Come on, I really want you to grow in the character of God, but I need you to understand the value of sitting in his character and why it's relevant to your life and to my life. And that by the glory of the Lord, any affliction in your physical being, any affliction in your mind, any affliction in your heart, any affliction in the path that you've chosen, God can and wants to trump all of those things because the glory of the Lord is stronger, is more powerful, and overrides anything of this world. All right, you guys, that sums up the first episode as we are talking about what does the glory of the Lord do for you and I? Why is it important that we sit in it? Today's episode talking all about how it cancels the presence of self. All right, make sure you take a look at those scripture passages that I talked about. Do not let me teach you truth. You have the same Holy Spirit as I have. Allow him to navigate you into all truths. Remember, enforcing purpose, it starts with you. I hope you enjoyed this episode. You can also find me on YouTube, TikTok, Instagram, Facebook, or you can check out my other podcast show, Enforcing Purpose with Lisa Schwartz. For general information or resources, head to my website, at www.lisa-schwartz.com. Thanks for listening.